So, new, new title. The world fades. That doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> I'm just saving paper. Uh, Christ makes all things new. That's, that's the title this morning, or this evening, whatever time we're at. This evening, Christ makes all things new. But before we jump into that, just real quickly, because of um, the grace of God that comes to us in Christ that we've talked about numerous times this week, I, I, I thought Nathan's story has stuck with me, the story of Louis, uh, the, 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 tr- the runner, who was a prisoner of war and, all, I mean, underwent all sorts of suffering, unbelievable, uh, and, and he goes, and his, his going to forgive the prisoners, I mean, not the prisoners, the guards, the Japanese soldiers that watched him and beat him and uh, just messed with him for two years, uh, it's a gospel story, right? I mean, he went to them. They weren't looking for him. They weren't seeking out forgiveness. He, he, he flew across the world. He came to them. He saw them. He made his way to them. And what do you think they're going to, what do you think he's about to do to them? Uh, they don't think he's going to forgive them. And he reaches out and Nathan says he embraces them. I mean, I, I can imagine them sort of recoiling a bit, thinking this isn't real. He can't be coming to me with love and forgiveness. He's going to stab me in the back. That's what he's going to do. It's just, it's just a fake. It's a fake. He's getting close so he can attack. And that, I, I believe that, that is how our heart tends to respond to the gospel. We may, it's hard for us to believe that our creator would come to us with such love and grace but he does. So that is an encouragement. That is something very difficult for us to get inside of our bones and our hearts. That is something that I, I, I was just struck by just as we were worshiping and seeing and hearing you share. And you guys were ministering to me. As I said, that was something that I was hearing. And my heart was, was warmed by it. Right? And, and, and I think that should be a fairly common occurrence that we're brought to, to tears over the good news of what Christ has done for sinners. So this is a very, it may feel a little awkward. Uh, it may feel a little different. It may be embarrassing. I don't like to cry. Ask my family. They never see me cry. In the last, two, in the last week, I've cried like three times in front of people. <laughs> uh, maybe the Spirit's doing a work, but I don't know what it is, but, um, but, but it's, very, it's very natural. It's very normal for us to just be smitten by what God has done. Remember, it's the engine for the Christian faith. It's what drives our, our actions. It's his acceptance that we're not doing these things to get his approval. We're doing it out of gratitude that he says to us, well done, good and faithful servant. We're clothed in Christ's righteousness. So, I want you, that's just, that's just introduction. That doesn't even, it doesn't, well, it sort of relate. It definitely relates. But what, what I want us to do now is look at how the world fades and Christ makes all things new. 
Now, I want you to imagine that it's like hundred years from now, hundreds of years from now. It's the future. And we've got these um, plant, or not plantations. We've got like satellite. We've got, we got colonies on, on Mars. And so uh, there's a group of uh, earthlings that are humans that are up there at Mars, and they're just kind of doing their thing. And then they pack up. They've got a ship. And they, they pack all their provisions, they fuel up, they get their, their captains well-rested for the long journey home, and they take off, and man, the trip is going well back home. They've got, um, they've got all the food they need, they're rationing their food very well, they've got the fuel, they're burning their fuel at the right rate so that they're going to make it home. I mean, they're, they're, there's an ast- asteroid field, and they've, do- they've successfully dodged all the asteroids. I mean, they're crushing the journey from Mars back to home, but there's just one problem. One problem. They're going the wrong way. They're not going to Earth. They're actually going to Jupiter. And eventually, they're going to run out of fuel. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna, their journey's going to end, and they're going to be nowhere near life. Okay. Another way to think, about the, uh, to think about Christ, to the extent that we are moving away from Christ, we're like the people on the, on the spaceship to Jupiter. I mean, you could crush life. Uh, you could be very successful. You can be all that you can be. But to the extent that your life is a movement away from Christ, you're on a track to Jupiter. And that's, 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 that's the point. That's what John has in John's gospel that we looked at last night. That's what John is saying. Jesus is the life. He is the light. He is the truth. He's all those things. To the extent that you move to him, you get those things. He gives you those things. To the extent that you move away from him, you move into the darkness, you move into death, you move, you, 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 you're running away from what sustains you as a human being. So what I want us to do now is look at the end. Where the, the, if you get on the Jesus ship, right, back to life, where does that ship go? What, what, what does that look like for us? It's a really important question, isn't it? I mean, you, it's always helpful to kind of know where you're going to help sustain you while you're trying to get there. So that's what we're going to look at is where we're going. Um, actually, before, we're going to look at Revelation 21. You can turn there. But before we read it, I, I want to share, I want to mention a few things. So Revelation 21 verses 1 through 5 is what we're going to read. So flip there if you like. Um, but let me ask you this. What, what do you look forward to in, in, in life? Christmas? I used to love Christmas. I remember in October, the JCPenney's catalog would come in the mail, and man, was that an exciting day. <laughs> Halloween costumes were there. That was helpful. But the, but the real meat and potatoes of that Penny's catalog was, was the toy section. <laughs> that was where it was at. And it was, I mean, we were just thumbing through that thing through October, November, December in anticipation. But you know what happened? Every year, Christmas came, Christmas went, gone. Maybe you look forward to the summer, right? And then the summer arrives, and then it goes, it fades. We're in the fading days of summer right now. Uh, Camp, maybe you've been looking forward to this camp, and and you couldn't wait, and here here it is, and now, oh, it's, it's slipping away. It's about to fade away. It's about to be done, right? 
all these things in our life, they, they fade. All good things fade. There was a moment in college when I was sitting there. This is a very sobering thought. Uh, and, and I sat there and I thought, you know, there could be a day where everybody I know is dead, is gone. I had not married anyone. I had not, no children. Everyone I knew was, you know, older. Grandparents, parents. It's sad, isn't it? Your strength fades. Your intellect fades. Your, your, your home fades. Your new shoes fade. Everything in this world just fades and falls apart. Entropy is, is, is a word that science, the science uses. Things just sort of have a tendency to unravel apart from Christ. Okay? That's, that's, the, that's the qualifier. If Christ is in the picture, every, everything I just said is not true. Things are not fading. They're actually somehow being pulled back together. And we're, we're, we're going to see at where this all goes here in Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. So let's go ahead and read it. Um, I'll read it for us. So Revelation chapter 21, verse 1. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Okay, so I want us to, I, I want us to this is a description of where the, remember the Jesus ship, where the Jesus ship is going, where, where, where life with Christ moves. And the answer is to a new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. So while the world fades, Christ is making all things new. He's making a new heavens and a new earth. And we're going to look at that. We're going to look at two things uh, from this passage here. The nature of the new creation and the basis for the new creation. Uh, the basis, yeah, so the nature and the basis. So first, let's, let's think about the nature of it. And the first thing I want us to notice is the word used uh, new. The, the, it's a new heaven and a new earth. Okay? New. Now, there's a couple of words that John could have used to describe new. He could have used neos, Greek words, where we get our word neon. Uh, it's from that Greek word. Neos means new in relation to time. So Tony and I have known each other for 24 years now. We were just reflecting on this. And ever since I've known Tony, he's had one pair of shoes that he wears. Uh, Adidas. Tony, want to tell him what it is? Superstars. Superstars. Adidas superstars. He's been wearing them for 24 years. No kidding. He's, he has them. And so like when we were in, when we were in college, he, he had these. This is when I met him. He had just bought these shoes. And then when those shoes wore down, you know what he bought? A new pair of the exact same shoes. And he's been doing that for 24 years. So it's, it's quite a run for those superstars. <laughs> so in, in other words, Tony has a Naos pair of shoes when he buys those new Adidas shoes. They're new in relation to time. It's just a new pair of the same shoe. 
Okay? So the Greek accounts for this distinction. There's another Greek word that John actually uses. He doesn't use naos when he talks about new heaven and new earth. He uses the word kainos. Now, that means new of a fundamentally different kind, like a qualitatively new. It's, it's a different quality. It's something totally different. And I'll try to maybe illustrate this. Um, when I was in fifth grade, circa 1990, I believe, Reebok pumps uh, had come out. This, this was a shoe unlike any shoe we'd ever seen before because you had this huge fat tongue with a little basketball on it. And if you had tennis, you could have a tennis ball. They had a variety of shoes for a variety of sports. And you would... Uh, hit the little tongue and you'd pump it up and it'd create a little air pocket and the air pocket would just go, you know, get bigger and tighten your, you know, I guess the idea was if the more air you have in your shoes, the higher you could jump. That's what we were thinking, but I, I don't know if that's how it works, but that's what we believed. But here's the point. That was a shoe unlike any other shoe that we had seen. It was a, it was a qualitatively different shoe. It's Kynos new. And what John is describing here is a new heaven, a new earth, something fundamentally different, qualitatively different than what exists right now. It's, 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 it's different. So that's the first thing. We're talking about something qualitatively different. We're talking about something very, let me just put it this way, very different than what we experience in this world. Now the second thing I want us to notice, verse 2, he, uh, he, uh, John sees the holy city. He sees the new Jerusalem. It's coming down from heaven. It's coming down. Now, have, I don't know if you've seen Tom and Jerry. Uh, have any cat, cat and mouse chase game? Okay, pretty much. Still alive and well. Good to see. Now, there, there's a, I can remember distinctly in one of the episodes where one of them like dies and their little spirit floats out of their body and they've got a little halo and they go up this escalator that says like to heaven and they're just floating up and there's harps and there's clouds and it's just airy existence. Okay. When we think about heaven, that's typically, we think about something sort of like that, this airy kind of soul floatingness. That's not what John's describing here. He's describing heaven, not us going up as spirits, heaven coming down to earth. It's the opposite. He, he's talking about the union of heaven and earth. And I want us to see, so, so, that, so that's the next thing, that, that, that heaven... Um, that it's not, it's, it's not so much souls going up to heaven, it's heaven coming down to earth. That's the nature of it. Now, the third thing I want us to see, and this takes us down to verse uh, 5, I believe. I can't see it, actually. It says, and he who was seated, is that verse 5? And he who was seated on the throne said, behold, I am making all things new. Now, who's the one seated on the throne? Jesus, the Lord. He's the one seated on the throne, and he's making all things new. And what kind of Jesus is it? The resurrected Lord. Did we, did we not just sing about the, Jesus being the first fruits? That was, the, that was the, uh, the Andrew Peterson song. Right? The resurrection is like the, 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 
it's the future. The resurrection of Jesus is the future for all creation. All of creation will undergo a a resurrection. We will undergo a resurrection. Now, I've lost people. um, Even we were at a funeral last week, and earlier in the year, we lost family. Many of you have lost family. And when when they when when a believer dies, they um, I believe they they. Their soul is to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. Jesus on the cross said to the thief on the cross, today you'll be with me in paradise. That there is um, a state where a person is in the presence of the Lord, and it's blissful, and it's glorious, and it's good. But to be honest, the scriptures don't talk tons about that. What the scriptures are focused on is what happens when Jesus returns to set up his eternal kingdom. And that's, that's what we're talking about. And what we're talking about is a, just like Jesus, an embodied life. Like your, your body, just like Jesus was raised from the dead and came out of the tomb, you, all, you, all believers will have that experience. It's incredible to think about. It's real. It's, 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 it's earth. It's, I mean, if you want to know what the kingdom of God is like, look outside. Look around you. This is what we're talking about. Something like this. It's not Tom and Jerry floating around in the clouds. It's, it's, it's this kind of thing, right? What does Jesus have on his, in, in heaven? His, the marks of the lamb slain. Remember that? Yeah. Think about that. Think about the clue that that gives us to what this whole new creation will be like. That is the fruit of the labor of the executioners of Christ. They got up, they went to work that day. They knew they had a controversial execution, I'm sure. And they went to work and they did what they were commanded to do. Nail holes in God that day. Right? And their work has carried over into eternity. And there is this passage in Revelation. You can look at it if you want. It's Revelation 21, 24. It says that the kings of earth, their glory will be brought into the new heavens and the new earth. And what I I believe that means and what many others believe that means is that the fruits of human labor will spill over into eternity in this transformed, like new and kinos sort of way, this transformed, gloriously transformed sort of way. It's an incredible thought to ponder. I mean, I don't, I don't, this is not a, this is the kind of way it, it tells us to think about the new creation. In the new creation, Silver Cliff Ranch may exist. And we can come here and have a reunion and remember the work of the Spirit and maybe even be taught what the Spirit is doing here in the new creation. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's unbelievable. So, I think that's all on the, ba- on, the, on the nature of it. All of history, Christ is making all things new. He's bringing, he's bringing forth a new creation, new heavens and new earth. He's going to join heaven and earth. And his people will be able to delight, enjoy the glory of God. Have volleyball tournaments, eat together, fellowship together, praise God together. Glory in, in all the ways we were built to glory in God, right? So what's the basis for it? That's, that's the next point. So that's the nature of it. Ho- hopefully that's shattering some of your ideas of what like heaven is or what the end goal is. It's not just Tom and Jerry floating around at heaven. It's new heavens and new earth. So 
what's the basis of it? Uh, let's look at verses. Uh, oh, totally. I'm sorry. No, I'm not there yet. Nature of it. Look at this. Verse four. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Suffering, difficulty, pain, crying, mourning, gone. Gone. That's another thing of the nature of it. It's gone. We will be the theme of the week, right? Sojourners. We will be sojourners no more. We will be at home. We will be at home. And what's the basis for this, this new existence that we have? It's verses, uh, it's verse 3. It's verse 3. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, this is the dwelling place of God. God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as, as their God. What, what did I do with that marker? Remember what we said, the big problem at the very beginning? Actually, flip this over. Oh, and by the way, so darkness will evaporate in, in the light of Christ, right, when he returns. It's gone. So all the darkness is gone. Uh, I'm going to move on, though, from that picture and give you another picture. Remember what we said at the beginning? Our big problem the reason we feel homeless, the reason we feel fearful and alone and anxious and, and isolated and, and all the things that we've been talking about this week is because of our separation with God. Now, and remember what separated the, the, the cherubim, worst drawing of a cherubim ever, the cherubim, and of course Christ breaks down the wall, the division, but we're still kind of groaning and we're in this weird already not yet state where we're not fully in fellowship with Christ, but we are in fellowship with Christ and his spirit swells within us. But sometimes we, 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 you know, we have difficulty. We don't maybe feel his presence as much. Well, when Christ returns, what Revelation is describing here is all of that, it's full, it's complete, it's, it's done. We, we're in the presence of God. Remember? Uh, the, we've made it to the inner ring to fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and we're all delighting in it. And that's the, that's the basis for all of this. Just like we said at the beginning. And I, uh, So we have such a small view of Jesus. I hope we're getting a bigger view of Jesus. Th- think, think, about the, think about a cord. Like one of these cables that's here. And it's just, just imagine it just, just kind of coiled up and just laying there. And it's dead. And I can, I can plug all kinds of things into it, and nothing works. It it's all just seems kind of broken. And then what happens when you plug the cord into an outlet, into a power source? Boom, it works. And it gives life. It, it gives power to things. Christ, what John has been saying, and what John's saying here in Revelation, Christ is the power source of the whole universe. And we got cut off from Christ when we left the garden. But he came and he's pursuing it. And Paul says that all things are being united to him. Everything, think of it this way, everything is being plugged in to its life source, Jesus, who is, the, who is life. And when that happens, boom, power. The whole world, light, the whole universe lights up with glory. 
And the darkness goes away. And those who are found in Christ, all, all of these wonderful things happen. All of the things that, that, that feel as though they fade are resurrected to new life. That's, that's the power of Christ. That's what the resurrection means. He overcame death. Do you know what the author of Hebrews says? That the whole universe, creation, this is Hebrews chapter 4, is upheld by the power of his word. That, here's what this means. We are here because Jesus is speaking us into existence right at this moment. If he was to stop speaking, everything would vanish. Gone. Jesus speaks and we're here. And he's speaking. He's pouring forth his speech. And so we're still here. And we just think of how good this world is, even though it's fallen and broken. And he's coming and he's going to, he's going to make all things new. That's his promise. That's where this thing's heading. That's where the Jesus ship is moving towards the unification of all things in him. Sojourner no more. So that's our Christian hope. We, at our church, we've been looking at the life of Joseph and his, his story. His story is like a mini story of the universe because he's got dreams. He's got promises of God of being exalted and his brothers bowing to him. And that seems so un, implausible and so unlikely. He's in prison. He's, he's a slave. And there's no, there's no way it's going to happen. And it happens. And it's our story, too. We have the promises of God. And God is good to his word. And so we trust those. We move forward in the meantime as sojourners. Now, when it comes to our time in small groups tonight, I have a suggestion. You don't have to do it, leaders. But um, my suggestion would be that students, I, I would love to hear from students an encouragement that you've received this week. Maybe a question that arose this week. Maybe you, have, maybe you wonder about something. Maybe you have some doubts about all this. What's a question that's stirring in your mind? When I was your age, I had tons of questions about all this. Lots of questions. So what's a question that you have? So an encouragement, a question, and then a need. Maybe you've come away and say, Man, I, need to, I need to repent of this. Or I need to apologize to a friend. Or I need to, I need to break off a relationship that's not a good one for me. I need to fill in the blank. So what's an encouragement that you've received? A question that, you, that might have come into your mind this week that you've been thinking about? And then, and then a, a need that you have, um, something that you need to do maybe in response to this whole week. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll sing another song. Father, we give you thanks for the life you give. I thank you that we got a little taste of it this evening. Um, I, I feel as though your spirit moved in our midst and we give you thanks for that. And we pray that you would continue to sustain us as we um, make our way towards the new heavens and the new earth. We pray these things in Jesus name. Amen.